welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Travis Inda, a manager here with Titus Talent Strategies, and I'm fortunate and lucky enough to be joined by Barb Wax, another manager here with Titus, and, and wanted to talk to you today about the topic of team building that we have been fortunate enough to do with the company. Um, Barb, I know you and I have talked briefly about this, and we have a, a lot of things we share and some differing opinions in areas as well. Um, wanted to get your take right away just to talk about overall management style and, and how you view that as a whole. Thanks so much, Travis. Yes, my management style is definitely one area I love to focus on is really learning how each employee likes to communicate and really adjusting to their communication needs. Whether it's giving somebody a little bit of time to be reflective and then come to a meeting with some ideas after you've introduced the topic, or some people are a little bit more impromptu and think best on the fly. Another area that I really like to focus in on my management style is really pushing a lot of my employees for growth and finding areas of improvement. I know, Travis, when we spoke before, you kind of talked about identifying your employees' strengths. Would you care to elaborate on how you've been able to do that with your team? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess going back to the first point, I completely agree. I think that is kind of the the knowledge that is coming through in, in today's world of management is how do we adjust to others and, and how as managers and leaders do we actually serve people and, and those report to us rather than that, that old model of, you know, them serving us, right? And, and that's really been flipped around and, and I think for the, the best reasons. Um, from a, a growth perspective, I, I definitely agree that growth is needed and wanted. Um, I, I typically tend to try to find areas of strengths that my employees have naturally and really look to allow those to shine without pushing them to be too uncomfortable and, you know, hope that naturally they'll, they'll want to grow and then they'll ask for that growth rather than me pushing them through it. Um, sometimes, you know, I do fall more on, on your end where somebody's not pushing themselves hard enough and, and I feel the need, but I, I think having them you know, kind of pace themselves has allowed for, for some of that to become um, well, uh, or, or come out well, I should say. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that, that different employees have different ideas of where they want to go. So me pushing them is not always the, the best direction as far as their own wants. I think that's really interesting, Travis, you know, two very different management styles, but I think the end game is really having the employee buy into it, whether they're interested in pointing out somewhere of a growth opportunity for themselves, or maybe it's having somebody kind of give them a little bit of that nudge. I like to give the nudge, like, I see this little spark of interest. I see this talent. Maybe we could try this new opportunity and see if it aligns with what they're really excited about and kind of go from there. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Barb, and couldn't agree more. And I, I think one thing that you talked about there was the, the buy-in. And, and one thing that I know you do well from a buy-in standpoint is really kind of get your, your elbows dirty and, and get into the work and do it with people. Um, you know, what's your take on, on creating that buy-in and, you know, kind of knowing that, that you're in the trenches with them when they need it? Absolutely, Travis. That's one of my favorite ways to lead a team is to make sure that they understand that no one is above doing the job or the tasks that we're asking them to do. So it's a lot of roll up the sleeves, dive into the project, whether it's doing some of the activity with them, alongside them, or helping them, whether it's cold calling, sending some emails, or helping source and identify the right people. I think it's really important to show your team that you're able to contribute to the project and help um, drive those results that you're expecting 
expecting from the total team. Yeah, no, again, I think another area of agreement on, on my side, um, you know, one thing that, that I've tried to do as I, I've had the opportunity to grow my career here at, at Titus is continue to stay as a recruiter and continue to do the work of the people that I'm actually managing with the idea that to be an effective manager, I don't want to lose sight of the trends or the ongoing themes that and kind of, you know, new changes or opportunities within recruiting itself. And so I typically do like to hold on to, you know, one or two recruitment projects um, on purpose, just to make sure that I'm not losing touch and not losing the ability to, to help. Um, and sometimes that's our own projects. And as you said, sometimes that's, you know, hey, this one's having a little bit of trouble and, and let's dive into it and see if I can make a difference. Um, so I, I, I love that. I also know for you, um, you know, for me, I, I look at, again, going back to the kind of shining the light on the positives, I really try to keep a lot of my interactions very positive with, with the employees and, and the team and make sure that, you know, 90, 95% of the time it is, high energy, it is bright, it is bubbly, you know, and, and kind of give them an idea of, you know, this is a break where we don't need to be stressed out or you don't need to be worried talking to me. And I really want to focus on those positive areas. Um, do you look to, to stay within that, that positive or do you kind of let them vent to you or how does that work for you? Yeah. I think that's so great, Travis, that you've really created that positive um, environment and with positive reinforcements for your team. I think that's so wonderful. Um, I like to give my team the opportunity to talk about their favorite search projects, favorite moments of the week. And then I also like to ask what was their least favorite? What was, you know, something that they really didn't like, you know, the highlight or the low light um, for the week. So we can kind of dive in. They have an area, a safe place to kind of talk about or vent about, you know, something that's been bothering them or finding out what really um, they enjoy, what activities to drive results and ones that they really don't care about um, or don't really, they're not their favorite way to spend their time. I like to give them that option to kind of discuss and vent a little bit through it. And then usually we kind of come to an agreement at the end and say, okay, well that's, you know, maybe a small portion of your day, but without that one activity, you're not gonna get the end result of this, you know, or this was why this is important. Maybe it's finding out and explaining more of the why. So they have a different attitude about it in the end. But I do really believe um, it's kind of one of my favorite things to do on our weekly one-on-ones or even on an L10, just a company, you know, team-wide meeting is just to give that safe space to allow people to kind of do a little bit more complaining, um, as long as we also then highlight something that is positive as well. So two yeah. very different styles, but I think the end game is still the end, is really positive, is to talk then about what's going well in searches. Absolutely. And it sounds like a, a great way and something that I can learn and take into to my management is giving a little bit more of that negative outlet so that people don't feel that they need to, you know, bottle it in or, or feel afraid to, to tell me about something. Um, and, and it seems like a, a great way to continue to, to build kind of that, that relationship and that camaraderie and involvement between each other and then between the teams. And so, you know, when you're looking at not just building the relationship between yourself, but more so between other team members and the team as a whole, um, is there anything that, that you've learned, especially in, in a remote environment? I mean, we've been remote for, you know, the entirety of our company, and I know a lot of, a lot of companies and leaders are just getting used to it now. 
So is there anything that, that you've learned that really does help build that camaraderie or that involvement um, as a team and with others that, that might be you know good for those who are just adjusting? Sure. It's so honestly working remote and how do you really build that team camaraderie? So what I have to focus on is doing some team building activities, basically um, incorporating everyday responsibilities into a fun activity. So whether we all jump on a Zoom meeting and we're all doing our cold calls at the same time muted, but we can see each other and then celebrate each other's successes, you know, or also doing like a time block and doing um, a video meeting where we can be doing the same sourcing activity and then sharing our end results uh, via chat. Some of the things we were doing when we were meeting in the office were the same activities, but also just doing that in the same room. And that energy from everybody is really amazing. Um, you get a little bit more energized when you know the rest of your team is doing the same activities at the same time on that one project to drive the results. Um, other things we've done too is to kind of swap projects or share work on a tough project to support each other. So that's been really helpful too, whereas I might uh, work on somebody's project for a couple hours in the morning and then we flip. Um, you know, I trade one of my projects to them to work on and then we have a meeting and it really helps build that team camaraderie between myself and somebody else or between teammates um, as well. You know, I, I think those are all really great ideas and, and as somebody who um, you know, was responsible for a smaller local team where we were all, all within an hour or two from each other and able to meet on a regular basis. And now due to some recent changes, um, you know, we have now spread out into multiple states and, and added individuals who are not in the local area. Um, I'm definitely going to steal some of those and, and try <laughs> to make it work from a, a, you know, truly remote standpoint without being able to get in front of people. I, I guess from a, a standpoint of that camaraderie building and that trust within each other without me involved, a lot of the times, I, I guess the only things I would add on, a lot of the times I look for, you know, what are people, again, going back to their strengths, what are they really good at that others might be lacking in? And can we find an opportunity to get those, those people together and, and do some training or some development without myself or other people in the company involved? and really set them up to, to start building off of each other and learning from each other so that they're not bound by my limited knowledge. Um, and, and so, you know, I definitely look for, you know, X person is really, really strong in this and, and Y person maybe can develop that area and find that natural way to say, hey, you know what, you should connect with Barb because Barb would be great to teach you about team activities that you can do from a remote environment. Um, and, and so those things, I, I really look for that to, to really remove myself and get two people, you know, without me involved working together who, who might not actually have that chance a lot. Um, the other part from a, a camaraderie standpoint and, and just kind of a team buy-in is I really push to give a lot of autonomy. Um, I'm a firm believer that we're all adults and, and all able to kind of handle our own responsibilities and schedules, and that in doing so and, and in building that that belief in themselves and that know that known identity that they know I believe and trust them, that they'll actually hold themselves to higher standards and higher you know expectations. And if I was really harping on them or holding them to certain aspects and, and kind of micromanaging them. So I think giving that autonomy, um, you know, very good at, at giving benchmarks and expectations, but not necessarily a roadmap to get there. 
Um, and, and then, you know, knowing that they'll succeed in it. And if they're not succeeding, checking in well enough to, to ensure that, you know, we're able to connect and get ahead of those, those trouble spots before they actually come to fruition. Um, you know, I, I think the swapping projects is really interesting. What is the outcome that, that you're typically seeing with that? I think it's helpful because what we can see is just a different set of eyes on a project, um, looking at it from a different angle, or also a different point of contact. Sometimes it's just a matter of a different voice on the phone or a different um, creative message can be all the, all the difference that the project really needed. Um, some of the searches, whether there can be long standing or high volume, there could be a little bit of a burnout there. And so it's helpful to have another set of eyes on it. Um, but Travis, I really liked how you talked about having others train each other, like that team camaraderie, really helping them finding that one strength from one teammate and letting them shine for another. Because um, we all know that no two people are exactly alike and we're all going to have different areas to shine. Absolutely. No. And I think that in, instead of looking at it as a negative, right, where we're going into a tough conversation and we're starting to talk about you know, here's what you did wrong, looking at it in a way of saying, hey, you know, I, I know this is new or I know this is a challenge, but this person's really good at it, um, can, can really put it in a different light where it doesn't feel like I'm coming down on them, but more so giving a chance to grow. And again, you know, I, I think finding ways to make tough conversations a little bit more palatable and a little bit more welcoming kind of can allow it so that the message gets there without somebody feeling like, you know, what I see for my three-year-old often, which is, you know, when I start telling them they did something wrong, they just shut down and nothing else that I say matters. Um, so I'm trying to avoid that to an extent. Uh, Barb, how do you typically, when things aren't, you know, as rosy as possible or, or going the best ways, how do you go through those tough conversations and, and getting people to adhere or kind of, you know, improve? Great question. Tough conversations. One thing that I really like to do is make sure I'm always kind of highlighting what's going really well. So if you have something, a project that's not going well and we've got to have a tough conversation about it, let's start with the positive. So again, that positive reinforcement, um, let's highlight the specialties, the strengths, and then really kind of dive into some areas that maybe just need improvement. But coming to that conversation with some suggestions and not just, you know, saying this needs to be done or this is wrong, what are you planning on doing with it? Walking through that conversation and strategizing on what the end result needs to be, and then some thoughts on how we can get there. What are some things that maybe we haven't tried? How could we change this? Or what needs to be adjusted? Um, another thing is, is really just making sure there's always that open line of communication. Um, the, the negative feedback or real tough conversation shouldn't come out of left field. That person should always should have an inkling or a knowledge that there is something isn't quite right or it's not going 100% the way we want to. We may have to talk about this. Um, so again, I firmly believe in kind of having those light conversation touches throughout the course of a project or whether it's on our weekly one-on-ones or on our L10s, it's not a surprise to that person that you're gonna have to have a tough conversation. Um, but Travis, how would you elaborate? How do you go about those tough conversations? Yeah, no, I agree in a, in a lot of things that you said there. And I, I think one point um, specifically is that in the moment feedback and really being on top of it when it happens 
and not waiting for an official review or a, an official time to talk about it, but more so addressing it, you know, when it's actually going on and getting in front of it. Um, one of the, my, my closest advisors that I, I really take their, their opinion to heart told me that, you know, he, he had this rule um, when he was in a, a director position that anything that was on a review had to be talked about and documented previously. Otherwise, it couldn't actually make it to the review. And, you know, avoiding those surprises, avoiding that idea of, you know, somebody walking away from a review and saying, I thought it was going to go this way, but it actually went this way and I'm so disappointed or unnerved or, or that side of it. And so I've really taken that and, and tried to make sure that anything negative that comes up in a review, that they already know ahead of time and are expecting that to be a part of that conversation and are not caught off guard by it. Mm -hmm. um, the other part that I look at is, you know, the, the point where you talked about rolling up the sleeves and doing the work yourself and really trying to figure out, you know, if somebody's struggling, but they're struggling not because it's something on their own, but it's just a really tough project or a tough task, you know, that's when I really try to show that I'm, I, that I'm there for them and, you know, say, what can I do to help? How would I take on this portion? What if I did these things? And, and really offer support so that they know even if we're going to struggle, we're going to struggle together. And so, you know, when we fail, we fail together. And when we succeed, yeah. we succeed together. And no matter what, you know, it, it's not them off on their own. Um, but the last part, Barb, that I would throw in there is just the follow-up after those tough conversations. So I, I really believe in the follow-up and in praising positive change um, and, and calling it out overly much so, so that they know it's being noticed and recognized. Um, I, I think oftentimes the changes that we ask of people are difficult and, and people want to um, change and they're, they're actively doing so and a lot of times successfully doing it. If they don't feel like anybody's noticing it, they might feel like all that effort is for not. And, and so I really do try to go out of my way to, you know, say, hey, I noticed since our last conversation, these things have happened. And I really appreciate the effort and, and the, the, the thought that's gone into this. And, you know, if there's any other way I can help improve this, know I'm here to be a resource. Um, and a lot of times you, you can see that smile come out or that positive reaction yeah. where they just, you know, they know they've been working hard on it. They appreciate your recognition. That's so important and so great that you do that, Travis, because I think for all of us, when we do try to implement those changes, whether they're small or little or small or big changes, we want them to be recognized. We want to know that we're making that steps towards improvement. And even if we're, you know, it's a small step or one little thing that it's being noticed and it's creating the result that we're looking for. So I think that's really wonderful that you do that. Um, one of the questions I have for you, Travis, is, is how do you, um, what do you do about when you're seeing some signs of disengagement from your team? Yeah, a great question. And I think in, in, you know, today's day and age, as we've all become remote here over the last however many months that this uh, has been going, a lot of that is a bit harder to read or a, a bit harder to feel than if we were actually in person and working, you know, elbow to elbow every day. And so, there's a few kind of key indicators that I look through to see if people are really engaged and really bought in and dedicated, or if there's, you know, a, a few different things where they're maybe not all there and, and giving a, a lackluster effort. 
Um, I think the first one is really about asking questions. Um, usually when, when, you know, our, our team is diving into something for the first time, there's going to be questions. And in our world of recruitment, the questions might be about a client or a position or a skill set or, you know, a conversation that they've had and they don't know how to take it. Um, you know, a, a person who's showing interest but not following through. You know, there's a million different things that can come up when we're recruiting for specific, excuse me, for specific projects. Um, but they, there's always questions and uncertainty when people are really dialed in. Or on the opposite side, they're going out of their way to say, hey, look how awesome this is going. And, you know, hey, this is going really well. And, and so kind of that engagement of either, hey, I'm struggling here or this is really positive. And, and then bringing that to me rather than me having to force that is my, my first real sign of disengagement. And I need to dive in and make sure we're not getting too far, you know, off, off subject, off where we need to be. Um, the, the second one is just the excitement and, and kind of the, the emotional roller coaster. Um, anybody who's been in staffing and recruiting knows that this is a emotional profession. Um, working with people, there are a lot of things that we don't get to control as recruiters. Um, we can't control if people show up late to their interview if we've given them the heads up, you know, 15 times that here, you have to be 15 minutes early and here's your directions and get there on time. And, and then they show up a half an hour late and the client, you know, says it's our fault, which again, I understand that from a client perspective. Um, but, but working with people, there's a lot of uncontrollables. So, you know, when we see things that are happening and going well, there's that natural excitement and that peak that, that we reach. And so we, when our employees have that excitement when things are going well, it really shows me they care. It really shows me they're engaged. And then when things don't go as well, which unfortunately happens from time to time, is that high level of disappointment and what can I do and how do I get better and how do we make this right and, and that side of it. And so if I'm seeing people who are a little bit too even healed and that's not necessarily their personality, um, it shows <laughs> me that, that there's probably some disengagement and I should be, you know, kind of pushing on them a little bit more and getting involved a little bit earlier. How about you? Is there anything else that you notice? I know those great comments, Travis. I think you hit the nail on the head when you see that passionate person who has now become the, okay, yep, everything's fine type personality. That's usually when the antenna goes up, like, I know something's not quite right. Um, so that would definitely be one of them. Obviously, I like to, you know, part of, again, that management style of mine is really to talk about the highlights, the lowlights, and we can kind of just say, okay, that one really, that was a real bummer. You know, we were really excited about that candidate. They didn't make it. This is the reason. Okay, how can we pivot? How can we adjust? But also like, we can just be a little bit disappointed in that, you know, and recognizing that it's okay to be disappointed, but that can affect the rest of the project and the rest of the search. So now we got to keep moving, switch it to a little bit more of that positive. Um, but some of the signs of disengagement, especially working in a remote environment, is that um, the missed deadlines or missed meetings um, or things coming up or being a little bit more late when that person tends to not be a late person, usually is earlier and on top of things. That's usually my, you know, instant 
instinct is to check in like, hey, we all understand, you know, the environment is a little bit different now, or the deadlines might be a little bit harder to meet, um, depending on your workload, but let's dive in. Like, what's really the issue here? Is there an issue? Um, another thing, too, is that I notice is just a little bit more multitasking. Um, we're all busy. There can be distractions. The dog could be barking in the background. Maybe your kids got off the bus and you were still on a phone call. Um, but things as far as like the multitasking during meetings or during chats, we always want to be respectful of each other's time and make sure we're dedicating that time to the meetings. And I think, Travis, when we were speaking before, you had also kind of had an idea about this for meetings if it was hard for someone to attend. Do you want to re refresh my memory on that? Yeah, Barb. So I actually have told our team multiple times that, you know, there's definitely weeks, whether it's work that has a very heavy workload or whether there's something going on in our personal lives that, that we can't, you know, help but be distracted, that we're not the most attentive or, or most dialed in when it comes to these meetings. And there's that natural multitasking or, or distraction. And I actually tell them, as long as it's not on a regular basis, just miss the meeting. You know, there, there are oftentimes, you know, we, we as a company have, you know, standing weekly meetings and, and I have standing one-on-ones with my, my team and, and that side of it. And so we're connected enough and I want them to feel comfortable enough that if they truly don't feel like they can be dialed in or, or they can attend it and be, you know, 100% there, just give me a heads up, miss the meeting. If it's not happening on a regular basis, don't worry about it. And by the way, I'll fill you in on anything important that, that needed to be talked about or that you needed to have. So that way you're not thinking what's going on and you can actually take that time to refresh yourself, come back a little bit better, and ideally not miss the next one or, or you know, be distracted in the things that you're doing outside. Travis, that's such a wonderful idea. I've learned so much from you on that. And I definitely think that that'll be something I'll be incorporating with my team rather than have them on a meeting, multitasking, trying to get a report out, trying to listen in, not really paying attention um, and just trying to do two things at once. I think if we give everybody the allowance to say once in a while, this can happen to the best of us with the best time management skills and give them that little bit of that grace during that period. And then also just reconnecting after and filling them in. I think that's a great example of a true leader. Well, thank you so much, Barb. And I know there's a lot of things that we do differently. And I think overall, a lot of things that we share and do the same. And, and we're obviously looking for the same goals, which is, you know, how do we get the best out of our team and, and continue to help build and, and grow our company and our clients. And, and so, you know, I will definitely be taking away a, a number of strategies that you have given today and, and implementing them. And, and it sounds like you know, we've had a chance to, to learn a bit from each other. Um, is there anything else that, that we might have missed or, or plan to, to go through that we want to hit on before we get going today? I think that's it. This is such a great conversation, Travis. I've got my notes and I'm ready to start implementing them. Awesome. Well, myself, myself as well, Barb, it's been an absolute pleasure to connect and I hope we get to do it more often. Um, it, it's, you know, thank you all who are, are listening for joining. We hope that you enjoyed it and took away some knowledge and hope that you can join us the next time on Talent Talks. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.